Well, what I found, the only thing that can grow patience in us is to be put in a circumstance where we have to be patient. Whatever God originates, God orchestrates, that he's brought this and hasn't left you. And so, but he's actually working in and through this whole situation. So what's it look like to trust him and his plans over our own? Welcome to the Fully Alive Man podcast. This is a podcast to help men to become fully alive by doing life together. And the clip you just heard is from our guest, Jared Smith. Today, we're going to be talking about leveraging transitions to become fully alive men. As always, I'm here with my good-looking man's man of a man, Leroy Rogers. Perfect description. And there's no video to prove you wrong. And today we are going to have a guest. He is a friend of ours, a colleague. We've been trying to get on the show for a while. His name is Jared Smith. Give us a little context about Jared Lee. Oh, yeah. Jared is, um, as Robbie said, he's our good friend. We love this guy. He is a contemporary at a over at Woodstock City Church. He's, SAT word. Keep going. He is a groups director over there. So he thinks groups. He works with groups. He understands this idea that we do life better when we do life together. And especially during a time of transition, job insecurity. That's right. Which is where we're going. A lot of those. So today we're going to jump into that and mine that season for richness to help each other become more fully alive. So let's bring him on. Jared Smith. Welcome to the show. Jared. Thank you, fellas. Really excited to be here. I feel like I should say, uh, you know, long time listener, first time caller. That's a, to be a part hey, of this. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Who who do you like better on the show? Uh, that's a good question. Man, the value that both of you bring is such a significant thing. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> he was Spoken looking at me like as true. he spoke. He couldn't even look at you. His integrity said, Robbie, this is it's it, you, but I need to honor. I have a lot of Lee comments here coming to mind right now, and I'm just gonna let those go. So Jared, give us a little context. Who are you? Yes, indeed. So, Jared Smith, born and raised in Sweet Home, Alabama. So, you'll definitely pick Were up. Were you on... a DJ in a previous? Sorry to interrupt your <laughs> yeah. story, but this is this is interesting. This... Voice sounds pretty cool. <laughs> nope. Where in Alabama? <laughs> now, Northern. Now, now he feels insecure now I'm about like, uh, DJ voice. Do I, do I have a radio voice? Is that what we're going after here? Like, <laughs> yeah. do I need to dial that back? <laughs> do I always sound like this? Well, you look great. So, well, that's, you know, just trying to keep the wife interested. Um, so born and raised in Montgomery, Alabama, um, got five brothers. So there are six Smith boys. Wow. Yes, indeed. That's a lot of dudes. Your that mom's is, a saint. Yes. Your mom. We want to make sure the world doesn't run out of Smiths. I think mm. that was the main objective. Yeah. Congratulations. Fi- finally, Doing. somebody's trying. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, uh, but man, absolutely loved it. So, uh, all guys, all dudes is all I know. Um, camaraderie, um, competition in every little thing. I bet. Never mm. a dull moment. Mm. Um, anything turned into a challenge. What, what's your game. birth order? Yeah. Ah, so I am number two in the six. Oh, wow. So in that competition, were you ahead of the pack or behind the pack in the competition world? Ooh, that always was dictated off of what is the game at play. So um, definitely the challenge to outperform, challenge to, hey, if you don't perform, you don't get 
really kind of get any attention. Mm. Uh, that kind of world. And so, but uh, it's a fun thing. I love my brothers. We cheer each other on. I know that I'm better because of them um, and how they push me. And so Did you think he was going to say better than them? Yeah, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm still you. trying to read I mean, in between the if lines you here. Ask, you, if you ask my mom right now, who is your favorite? I think... I'm no, actually. I will come to her opinion. Is that because it's like the pity, like, oh, because he couldn't keep up with his brothers, and so I love him as a mom? Or is it like, I'm proud of him because he dominated Truth be told, so I sent my mom some flowers for Mother's Day to her office, right? And on the card, I just said, Happy Mother's Day, love your favorite. And she said, I was the only that. one who got a text message back. <laughs> yeah. That's so amazing. just establish that. This right? is a good question, actually, Robbie. <laughs> Birth order, what's your, where do you fall in your birth order? Older sister, two younger brothers. Okay, so the second born, but the first boy. Yes. How? What did that look like for you? Did you think you were the oldest? Did you think you were the leader? Oh, yeah, yeah. And they they have Zach and Patrick. Uh, God bless them both. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would both say I thought I was the older brother whose yeah. responsibility was to lead the way and to teach them how to do yeah. similar. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what they're thinking right now. They weren't now. really looking for it, but I thought it was my How was it for your sister? I mean, she was the oldest, but you yeah. thought you were the oldest. I don't know. I probably should ask her. Yeah, it's a good question. Sorry, Ash. I think the same for me. Like, I'm I'm the second born, but the first boy um, in five. I have an older sister, two younger sisters, and a younger brother. And... um yeah, I, I felt like I was the old, like I was the boss. I was the oldest. My older sister did not feel like I was the mm. boss or older. Um, and until about uh, ten years old, she was bigger than me, and so it was rough. Took care of you. Yeah, she, she was rough. She wore you out. She wore me out, boy. That's awesome, Jared. You probably don't know about getting wore out from brothers or scrapping. Were, were you the one getting beat up, or did you beat up? Tell the truth. So there was a definite even balance across the board. Like really? there were times where, um, hey, fist fights would happen over some of the stupidest of things, um, yeah. like candy at a movie. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> I yep. can just see the so Smith boys we're just fist fighting it, brawling it out. Um, we also all took karate, and so oh, that no. just added to the complexity <laughs> of that, uh, which is uh, teaches you some principles that have been helpful. But uh, man, it's never it was never a dull moment. That's awesome, That's fantastic. So. Jared, one reason we wanted to bring you on and the topic we're going to jump into today is figuring out how do we thrive as men? How do we grow, learn, and support each other as men through seasons of transition? Because we've all been through transition, we might be in transition, or either way, it's going to be ahead of us. And personal, professional today, uh, we're going to talk a little bit on the professional side. And you came to mind as a guy who has modeled for us some learnings and some growth through taking transitions um, with intentionality and thriving through those. So we're super excited to pick your brain and to get to know about uh, what you've experienced and what you've learned. And in particular, the time that I remember is when you went from the professional world into the ministry world, again, just because of the transition and how it went down. Can you give us some context on, on that story? Yeah, absolutely. There are times where I, I know God transitions us in, through different seasons for reasons. Um, one of those for me, just personally, was 
I was in the business world and was in a company, um, a young upcoming guy where I was kind of, hey, had a lot of opportunities and kind of reaching and exceeding some expectations. Was, uh, was that first job out of college? That was not. So it was after grad school for me. So okay. seminary. Um, so that came out of that and was working with a great company in education and uh, was hey, getting some promotions, getting some opportunities, getting some additional pay, which was nice. And I had a church that uh, actually was approaching me about coming on staff. And I was wrestling a lot with what's the thing that's in me that comes alive the most? What's the, uh, the thing that I can give my time towards? And so I was wrestling with it a lot. Um, and just to get a little more context, at that time, were you married? Or are you flying solo? What, great what does question. this look yep. like? So married um, with a kid on the way. Okay, wow. So yeah, so, yeah it's, the stakes are high. Yes, indeed. Um, and so I was talking with one of the guys on um, my team, um, a, a fellow believer, and just kind of shared, hey, this is what I was wrestling with, the opportunity, the kind of pros and cons of how I was processing through things. And uh, he prayed that morning, hey, okay, God, uh, I pray that you would l- let Jared know either by a whisper or a lightning bolt. Well, so unbeknownst to me, later on that afternoon, I got called into a meeting where a situation came out, and I didn't really handle it with the most grace. Was it personal? Was it something? Uh, it was a, a situation that arose, and kind of how I responded to the situation wasn't um, – wasn't very kind. Was it, was that like your immaturity or was that like righteous anger? What definitely it was a, a piece of lack of self awareness, no doubt. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, for me, it was a, a heart of, hey, how I saw things was different than how uh, other folks saw things. And so I tried to win my way out um, and, and convince them otherwise. You went older brother on him. A little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we've, we've all been there. The, well, the response to that situation, um, this was like, hey, the week of getting a promotion, um, I was then informed, hey, my services are no longer needed at the wow. company and the organization. Wow. So I got fired. Um, That's huge. So that was a fun phone call to make to my bride um, yeah. of um, just, hey, being honest and real. And, um, and, to then say, okay, God, uh, I, I really would, wish I would have listened to the whisper um, instead of waiting for that lightning bolt. And so during that time, man, some big time internal struggles or wrestling um, with, okay, God, where are you? What's your, what's your need? Went back to the church and just to let them and told them full disclosure, every little detail about kind of how things transpired, um, no moral failures or anything involved. But, uh, and they were, you know, uh, graciously accepting and saying, hey, and excited for me to come on board. Man, as you talk about like how that was hard to have that conversation with your wife um, or, or even your you know potential future employer, why was why is that hard for us? You know, for us, I feel like as guys in particular in our culture, we are driven so much by what we do. You know, you That's meet right. a guy for the first time after getting his name. The next question you ask is, "So, what do you do?" That's right? right. That's kind of where we culturally can find our identity quickly. Um, so and true. so then when that role is transitioned out, whether it's our choosing or not, man, there can be a tailspin of just uh, of identity of who we are, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that can just be a big time wrestling season. That, that story, I, I was just listening again. I've heard that a little bit, but not to that degree in the past. And I, I was here taking notes and heard a couple things that I, I just want to reflect back. One is that tension you had at the beginning of purpose of God, what's your, 
what's your will? What do you want me to do? This or that, half a dozen, one way or the other. And it doesn't matter, as we've talked about before on this podcast. Ministry, not ministry, all jobs. God, it doesn't matter. What do you have for me? What have you designed for me? You're wrestling with that purpose, which led you to a season of evaluating, should I transition? That's a huge principle that um, then you had somebody to trust in that process and process with. And that I, I wrote that down and said, someone to process with, because do we have that and do we trust somebody with what we're processing in regards to going, God, how have you made me? What's my purpose? What's my design? And then just, just the example of the humility and the wounding it took to get fired and to hear that in you and just the difficulty in imagining you call your wife about that, that woundingness. I have a question about that. And then how you just invited God into it and, and that opportunity. Those are four principles in that five minute thing that I've ever done. I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to miss any of those of wrestling with how God's designed us. Do we have somebody in our life that we're processing with that can speak true to us? How our identity takes a hit when when we're let go or something happens and what that feels like and, and just thinking about telling our wives. And then are we inviting God into this process? Can you start on that first one? Um, tell me more about that purpose wrestling. Like, what does this look like for you in, in that time of transition in regards to how do you figure out what how God's made you? Yeah, I mean, I feel like internally we all wrestle with those questions. And one of the things that I've found is that to have other guys be able to say, hey, this is what I see in you. Mm. Has I've, I've been lucky enough. I've had guys in my life um, just doing life with, together since high school. So to have other guys that I could lean into and say, hey, this is kind of what I think of myself, but what's it like to be on the other side of me? Like, what's what are those things that you see me just naturally gifted at? And what are those things that could bring value to an organization or an area or a field that I could kind of chase after? So you're not even trusting your own insight and awareness of what's my purpose? God, what are you doing? You just ask people around you to speak into that. Yeah. I mean, we all have the uh, what we think of ourselves, but that's not always what the reality is. That's right. You know? And yeah. so for me, I've, I've found that, hey, to have other guys around me that can speak that back into me, man, is such a huge value. So, so the second thing was you had somebody to process with. I think a lot of us don't in times of transition. Why is it so hard um, to process those insecurities or changes with others around us? I feel like, I mean, pride is the thing that comes up and wells in all of us, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the piece of, hey, I got to show like I'm Superman, that I, you know, that I don't have any chinks in my armor, you know, to come to a place where, though, that you can have guys that, hey, they're, they don't. They're not drawn to you based on what you do. They're drawn to you because of who you are, you know, and how you invite them in, I think is a, a need to, to even have that established before any times of transition. Because when, when junk hits the fan, life gets crazy, trying to rally those guys then can be a difficult thing. And so I want to have guys that I'm fully known by now that I can then um, have history to where then those seasons of transitions come we can process them through together. Yeah, because you're already in a low place. And I mean, you say pride, but I know for me, pride is usually the result of shame. It's like, I have to, you know, I've been projecting this because I'm afraid of this. And so now what's all that look like? How am I, you know, viewed by others in this in this time, in this moment? I, I like that, Leah. And with our shame and with our pride, 
That's why I think the closest person to us that we typically want to impress the most is our wife. I can't imagine that call to your wife of do you, to you when you call your wife and say I'm fired. What is that? What does that say or do or or stir up? What did it in you in that time? So for me to come into that conversation, and I, was, I don't remember if I said that over the phone or if it was when we saw each other face to face. But to voice those words, man, there was so much fear and shame um, because of I was seen as, in my mind, as the breadwinner, right? Mm -hmm. The one that was going to provide for our family. When ultimately, God's the one that does that anyways, but gives us the opportunity to express that. It was a time, though, of, hey, this, uh, I chose to marry her not because um, of all the good times, but because I wanted her in my corner through all the bad times. Mm. And to see that come to fruition, to see how she and her acceptance of me um, was such, I mean, she was my biggest cheerleader in and through that all. And so to be a sounding board, to remind me of truth, to, to remind me of God's faithfulness, um, even when I don't feel it, was was pivotal. That's huge. That is huge. It, it, it makes me think of a phrase I heard from Brene Brown called unwanted identity. When, when something like that happens, like a negative event, um, our our brain can be afraid like, oh, no, now I'm going to be associated with this identity. I, like, I don't want to be associated with a guy who loses his job or is a bum in some sort of way. And so unwanted identity starts to create fear. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, the pride in me was I saw myself as an achiever, right? I saw myself as one that would come through to get stuff done. So to have the, um, the wherewithal of thinking, hey, my God, I would never get fired in my mind, right? Yep. To break that down and be like, okay, little slice of humble pie, right? Of like, hey, wow. no, we're not, none of us are bigger than that. You know, none of us are beyond that. Um, and so to to have that as piece of my story now of, Hey, no, okay, I've seen God's faithfulness in and through and beyond that. So, so, man, this stirs up so much in me uh, when I think back about times of transition, personally, relationally. It's like uh, fertile soil for two things to happen. Either unhealthy narratives of, I'm a failure, I'm an idiot, see, I screwed up once again, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. God doesn't care. You know, whatever that I can't provide, my wife won't. We'll see all these truths. Fear, insecurity, impatience, lack of trust. Or it's fertile, incredible season to practice these things of like trusting others, our wives, our friends to speak into our life, to hear from God through them who we are to be able to trust him with provision instead of carrying that weight myself, to be able to trust him with uh, what he has for me instead of orchestrating that on my own accord. And we all have been through this, and we've done well or we've done poorly in that transition, or we might be in it now, or we will come to it ahead. Guys, if we have this awareness and intentionality coming into these seasons to leverage these times of transition, predominantly professional transition, we can use something that is hard to become better men. And Jerry, when you were talking about inviting God into this, that's modeling something that I don't do very well. It's, It's so easy for me and my fear to go into control, planning, making calls, executing. And if we have a father that says, don't worry about tomorrow, 
tomorrow has enough worries about itself. I have a plan for you. Trust me to do that in that season. God showed up miraculously in your case. And, and he always does, even if it doesn't look like the way we would have him do that. Or in the timing. Gosh, if we could get this right as men to, to help each other leverage these seasons for growth and being better men, man. I mean, game changer. I had a buddy of mine just the other day who uh, had a transition of his job, but he never thought would come. But he was his company decided to let go, let him go. And man, it he wrestled with all of it, right? That the the what am I doing? What's my purpose? Mm. And to where then, hey, a week turned into a month, mm. a month turned into three months, That's it has right. the potential to turn into six months, right? Uh, and that wrestling of what what am I finding my identity in? And the opportunity to display patience to wait on God in and through that, right? Sure. Patience is one of those things you ask anybody, anybody, it doesn't matter if they're a believer or not. Hey, would you want to be more patient? The answer is, yeah, absolutely. Well, what I found, the only thing that can grow patience in us is to be put in a circumstance where we have to be patient, yeah. uh, right? That's so painful. I know. None of us go for the, the long line at the grocery store. None of us love waiting at red lights, right? Yep. But yep. those times of waiting, of saying, okay, God, I'm trusting your timing beyond mine, grows that characteristic of God and his patience in and through us. Man, and you throw provision and finances oh, yeah. into that and trusting him with that, and it's like the richest opportunity ever. Guys, this this is such a rich season. We're all in it, been through it, we'll be there. You are in groups with guys, and this will come up. So we want to we wanna help uh, unpack some what you do with this season with some practical questions and tips to, in order to support and care for each other well in this season and to to do the hard work introspectively to be a more fully alive man through these seasons of transition. But first, I think we should pause and do a little section we like to call Man Hacks. All right, Lee, a man hack is a tip or a trick to help us become better men. What you got for us today? Yeah, or to do life better, which is what I'm thinking about right now. And Come this on. is kind of a weird one because it seems like some sort of crazy endorsement, but I promise we are not supported by any company in any way. But this weekend, I finally have decided it's time to do a little pressure washing at the house. I do not enjoy this type of activity, but we've had a pressure washer. It used to belong to my yeah. father-in-law in my basement for literally 14 years, huh. 14 years, just sitting there, flat tires, everything. I pull this sucker out. I, I pour, I did pour out the gas, replace the gas, but that's all I did. I cranked it maybe 20 times, sprung to life, pressure washed everything I could possibly find to pressure wash <laughs> in my house. My man hack is Honda engines, Honda. Wait, wait, wait. Engines. you just gave us all that context. To tell us something we already know, which Honda makes the best small engines. Honda yeah. makes the best small engines. I So as a man hack, if it's between something <laughs> else and a small Honda engine, whether it's your lawnmower, pressure washer, whatever, I'm saying a man hack is Honda engines. All right. Sorry, Briggs and Stratton. Jared, Sorry, what, you, what you got? <laughs> so for me, the thing that uh, I've got four kids myself, and so we are always looking for ways to celebrate them, not just off the achievements that they do. So one of the things that my wife brought to the table was to celebrate their half birthdays. Half birthdays. Go ahead, put it on the calendar. You can then say, hey, you're four and a half, you're six and a half, you're eight and a half. 
today's the day. Sometimes, sometimes we celebrate with half cake just because, hey, cake mm. makes everything better. <laughs> but the biggest piece for us is then we go around the table and tell that person what's one of the things that we love about them. Uh, for what? me, it's looking That's for those awesome. pivotal moments where we can celebrate who we see our kids that's are. the real man. Half right. birthdays. Don't tell my kid. I Leverage mean, half birthdays. I'll have to think about it. <laughs> All right. My man hack has to do with the family as well. So one of the developmental needs of kids is to feel a sense of security uh, around their parents and, uh, and around uh, the family system. So if be intentional. Here's the main hack. Be intentional giving your wife hugs, long hugs, kisses in the kitchen, in the living room, in front of your kids. It's going to make them feel awkward. They're going to go, oh, gross. And it, there's nothing more deeply secure. Than watching your parents or, or, make out. <laughs> Check. Got it. Or comforting to a kid to see their parents that love each other and that are connected to each other. And they will remember that and that will be implanted in their head. And so it'll be gross, but it'll add a sense of security. So be intentional. Go give your wife a big old kiss in front of your kids and do that. Good or bad, they will remember it. That's what's up. That's it for this section we like to call <laughs> Man Hacks. All right. So jumping back in, Jared, you've been you've navigated transitions really well. And also with your job the past few years, you work with a ton of men and and you kind of really are one of the best guys I know to work with guys through transition. And because of how rich of an environment it is to grow and to thrive and to become more fully alive as men, when these times of transitions happen in our lives. So through the context of guys in men's groups or married groups, what have you seen um, work? How do guys care for each other through times of transition through the context of group. So what does that look like? Yeah, so one of the things that I've found is that to have a place where they can be authentic, that they mm. can be real, right? That they cannot um, feel like, hey, I can't tell these guys what's really happening at my job. Um, man, it is such, I feel like that's where the enemy creeps in and keeps feeding us those false narratives. Um, but to have a place where we can be affirmed of God's faithfulness, to to process through together, um, give, being a sounding board of what they're walking through and not trying to fix it, right? But but to give a safe place to be authentic about what they're walking through. Okay, so, so if authentic community and having a place to process this stuff is invaluable, what, what does that look like? How, how do we make sure we are that type of community and relationship to each other instead of some uh, a relationship that doesn't lead to that helpful conversation? So first, I can tell you that, man, what I've found is to have a place where not guys are asking, hey, how's it going? Or, hey, mm. what's an update on your job situation? Like Because that just doesn't set the precedent for a, a healthy conversation. What right. I have found is to have a place where guys can ask, hey, how are you processing through all of this? Hmm. Because what happens in that type of question gets to not just what happened, what's happening on your calendar, but what's happening in your heart, what's happening on the inside as you're processing through this whole situation. That's and then good. to also give a place where they can just still be them, where it's not yeah. based off of where every conversation comes back to, oh, yeah, you don't have a job right now, you know, but they can, hey, just, hey, they can still go to a baseball game. They can still hang out and just be a guy amongst other guys in community and not be driven by, hey, this identity is found in what you do. It feels like the way the way you're saying that, like, how are you processing that creates an opportunity um, for you to be for the person going through the transition to be content in all situations, you know, mm. 
you can say, well, you know, I'm content or or I'm not right now. Or to give a safe place to where, hey man, I'm I'm struggling through this. Yeah, I'm dying. Right? Like I'm I'm my I'm in a tailspin of faith and I'm just not trusting God. You know, help me walk through that. Yep. Man. And not fix and prescribe and give tips and tricks to go talk to a career builder. Have you tried this resume? That is not, I would not, if somebody responded with that, that would not be that environment for me. Uh, And if we get this right, this is just the richest time uh, to work on this stuff. And um, Peter Burke has a ministry, C3G, uh, for people in career transition. They meet on Monday mornings at 7 or 7.30 at North Point Community Church. And there's a hundred plus people that show up who are in career transition. And it's so rich because, man, as we talked about, this is this is an incredible time for God to shape our hearts and our identities and deepen our trust in Him. And if we shy away from fixing, but really leverage community to create a safe place and ask those questions that lead to what's happening in our hearts, that's where the majority of the growth could come from. So... Like, what are questions, Jared, that that you would encourage me if I had a guy in my group who was in transition, if I'm not trying to fix him or give him advice on finding a job, but I'm really caring for him, what what do I do? What what's a question that I would bring to them? Yeah, so for me, it, the the question of how's it going, or hey, what's an update on the job? Man, like punt those questions, okay. let go of those. Okay, I feel like leaning in to ask the question, and this helps in transitions across the board, not just uh, professional ones. But to ask the question, hey, how are you processing through all of this? Like okay. like le- like, what's it like to be walking through all of this? That helps give them the opportunity to share what's really going on on the inside. Okay, so first question. How are you doing? What's on your heart? How are you processing this? Yep, absolutely. And then for me then to to move into, hey, what would it look like to trust God in this season for you? Huh. Like to be as you're charting through these waters that happen to all of us in transitions, um, what's it look like to trust God and his faithfulness in and through this? You know, there's an old Andy quote of, That's hey, what, whatever God originates, God orchestrates. That he's brought this and hasn't left you. And so, but he's actually working in and through this whole situation. So what's it look like to trust him and his plans over our own? Because that might be patience or trusting God to provide finances or for our identity or purpose. I feel like what that question also does is it, it helps us see from a different perspective. Hmm. Like let's just for, for a second look from, from God's perspective. Um, This is not the end of the world for God. He's still got this. (laughs) And so what would it look like to trust him if if he's got it? That's good. So another question that I would lean into is to ask the question, hey, what do you feel like is a truth or principle or characteristic that God might be trying to grow in you during the season? Oh, that's good. You know, for me, I mean, humility was a huge uh, action point just to, to combat that pride, you know, but to look at, okay, is this a thing where I'm growing in patience? Is this a thing where I'm growing in my identity found in him and not in what I do? Like there are so many different truths that can be, pivotal for us to grasp during this season that we don't want to miss. But so many times we just, we don't slow down to even think on those things, Gosh. but to have a community of men that are chiming in to want to grow that together because then they can even grow in themselves mm. and their journey with God in and through it. Oh yeah. And the distraction so easily leads us away from, yeah, those opportunities you're talking about so much, so much wisdom there, Jared, let me repeat the the three things you just said. Number one, um, we want to create a safe place by avoiding fixing, but asking questions like, how are you processing your situation right now? Two, 
ask what it would look like to trust God in this situation. And then the third question you gave us is, what's a truth or principle God is trying to grow in you in this season? Gosh, that's good. If we get this right, men, and come around each other and look for these opportunities to do the hard, deep work, introspective work, and let God shape us into men through these rich seasons and helping each other do that, we will become more alive in how he's designed us and be better men. This is good, man. If we can do this through community, it'll be a game changer. Um, All right, so Jared, you're awesome. Thanks for joining the podcast. And we've got a couple questions we like to ask our guests. First question. The first question. What are you is, reading what lately? What am I reading these days? So oh, for me, he is. So for <laughs> Dang, it's better than I got. Hands down, the one I've got a lot in my hopper right now, but the one that is uh, I am wrestling with and chewing on the most is "Eternity Is Now in Session" by John Ortberg. I just Such read it. Such a what? good yes. read. I've never heard of this. You're gonna love it. Such Lee. a good one. Oh. You're gonna love it. All right, I'm in. Well done. All right, what would you tell your 20 year old self? So for me, uh, performance-based acceptance has always been a thing where uh, I feel like I got to achieve to to get attention, but to take not take myself so seriously. Mm. Hey, be willing to fail, be willing to laugh at myself, be willing to just let loose and just be me and stop and stop trying. God, just which to is perform. so hard as the second of six brothers. My goodness, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> All right, third thing: if you spent a hundred dollars irresponsibly on yourself, what would you buy? Man, in the the weather and things where it is right now, I have been loving some fly fishing action, mm. and so. But Come I on. recently ripped my waders. Um, oh yeah. Yep. So for me, getting <laughs> <Flex> a, <seal>. uh, <laughs> probably a splurge by just to buy a new set instead of trying yeah. to you know repatch it again. Um, just <laughs> yeah. buying a whole new set of wet waders. That is a great buy. I think you should go buy a pair of waders. Guys, this was a ton of fun. Jared, thanks for joining us. We hope you guys leverage this podcast to improve the relationships and the communities you have with other guys for your men's groups and married groups to become better men. And we're going to leave you, speaking of a better man, with a couple minutes of a great man named John Woodall in a section we like to call Wisdom from the Woods. There's a little verse tucked away in the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 6, that describes the ministry of Jesus. When it said after he selected his 12 men, he called them to be with him, and then he sent them out to preach. I heard the story of a pastor in Washington, D.C., Richard Halverson, who was a pastor of the Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C., chaplain of the U.S. Senate. And he saw that verse about Jesus calling men to be with him before he sent them out to preach. And he would pray each Sunday about what man that he would meet with. On this one particular week, he was impressed to be with this man. He turned out to be a pretty successful CEO of some big deal and took him to lunch. And they were about 30 minutes, 40 minutes into their lunch, and this high-powered CEO uh, turned to Richard, and he said, "Uh, Richard, I've got about 20 more minutes. Um, What is it that you wanted to meet about? And he said, well, I just wanted to be with you. And the CEO said, no, um, that's fine, that's good, but but what is it that you need? Uh, What can I do for you? 
and Richard repeated, he said, nothing. I, I don't need anything. I don't want anything but to be with you. And at that time, uh, Richard noticed that tears were forming in this man's eyes, and he pressed into it, and he asked him what was going on, and he said, Richard, this is the first time that I've been in a meeting where nobody needed anything from me, and they simply wanted to be with me. So when you think about uh, the people in your lives, whether it's in your group, whether it's in your family, um, are you one of those guys that only meets because you need something or you need somebody to do something for you? Or could you have a ministry similar to Jesus and just be with somebody else? And as a result of being with them, just watch what happens in the conversation. Think about that. Guys, thanks for joining. As always, ask the questions. What does this mean for me personally? What am I going to do about it? And then how can we help each other in that? Thanks for listening. We hope this was helpful. Like it, subscribe to it, send it to a friend. We'll see you next time.